0: This is Body Talk, where we explore your inner universe. Hi everybody, David Lissondack here author, structural integrator, fascia specialist at the University of Pittsburgh's Center for Integrative Medicine. And today, my guest is the returning champion, Jill Miller. She has an amazing new book out called Body by Breath, and we're going to dig into it. It's one you don't want to miss. But before that, a couple of announcements here, including a science alert. There's a really great piece I saw in the New York Times this week about heartbeat and time perception. And there are a number of studies out there that show that our perception of time seems to be linked to our heartbeat. It's crazy kind of stuff. Don't start talking about Einstein. This is not about Einstein and relativity. It's more about heart rate variability and milliseconds. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's pretty cool stuff. And I uh, also want to make a mention that I will be in London on the 2nd of May with my friends Gary Carter and James Earls. We're going to be doing a little half-day workshop and then again in Berlin at the end of that week with Gary Carter, including a visit to the Plastinarium and the Freya exhibit. And I'll have uh, email there for more details. And right now, let's just get right to it with Joe Miller. Here on Body Talk, where we explore your inner universe. Hi. And today on Body Talk, we have my friend, friend of the show, and returning champion for her fourth appearance to celebrate her mammoth new book, Body by Breath, Jill Miller. Welcome.
1: Thank you. It is mammoth in size, but not mammoth in archaic in terms of the content. It's very modern, very updated, it's not extinct.
0: I didn't say it was woolly mammoth. I just said it was mammoth.
1: Either mammoth, mammoth woolly or non-woolly, they are extinct.
0: Uh, It is 460 some pages. It weighs several, 480, almost 500. It weighs multiple pounds. You could put it on your abdomen and use it as a breathing device, but it is so incredibly comprehensive, so incredibly in-depth, from the science to the physiology to almost 200 pages of specific exercises, QR codes, videos. Where do I start in, in trying to unpack this? Except I want to know how many years it took you to put this together. Not write it, but this is this is something you just don't knock out in a year.
1: Oh, no. Uh, so I I guess if I had to trace all the way back to source materials... I started teaching a course about, um, actually even before I created the yoga tune of teacher training program, which I think we launched the first one in 2007, even prior to that, I had created a core integration immersion back in 2005 or 2006, which was a three-day course around my approach to core work. And this is a this is a, nobody nobody's asked me this question David and it's really good for me to think my way back because I forgot that even before I developed this 40-hour teaching training teacher training which was the Yoga Up teacher training I created this 3-day core course because I had so many people who wanted to be able to learn the the core work that I taught which I thought was really really special and it wasn't just an exclusive yoga offering it and, and, trapes into lots of different places so anyway i created this course and the first time i taught it i believe was up in northern california um, in 2006. so i had started ideating the course i'm sure a year ahead of that time and had created a course manual and i think the course manual was about 120 pages so let we could say i started writing the source materials for this starting in 2004 2005. Um, The actual writing of the book of the second wave of source materials was I, while I was writing role model, I also was on the side writing a course manual for a new course I was creating called the breath and bliss immersion and the breath and bliss immersion uh, source materials along with the core integration source materials became the seed for this book. So uh, I guess that was 2006 was source, additional source materials for this book. Anyway, I signed the contract. Let's get back to that. So I signed the contract with my publisher, you know, probably within a year of the birth of Role Model. So I signed the contract with them um, more than seven years ago while I was pregnant with my son, Asher, who's now six and a half, thinking that I would be able to write the book during my pregnancy with my son.
0: That is ambitious.
1: Ridiculous, especially while taking care of a toddler. So anyway, uh, we're talking about way more than eight years to write this book and put it all together. And as I mentioned to you before, I took an entire year off of writing uh, to work out the chapter in your book, Fascia Function and Medical Applications and write that self-myofascial release chapter. So there were a lot of diversions that prevented me from completing the writing, but I think altogether- it was probably good because more and more research just keeps coming out from um, the breath space, and the fascist space, and I was able to continuously incorporate and update science uh, during the during the the post collegiate years that it took to write this.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking when you're saying about all the new information, and let's also talk about awareness around breathing, really penetrating into the popular culture and uh, the the normie space, you might say, Uh, particularly James Nestor's uh, breath book. And this to me is like the workbook that should go with his book, because it's got everything that anybody could possibly want, including the effects of breath on different systems in the body, not just the fascia, but the face, the voice, which is a particular interest to me, the brain—I mean, I'm just, I'm just a goggle with how much good is in here.
1: It's a body breath buffet that offers reflections on so many different systems of the body, but also there's so many practices that really center around what i would call recovery and regeneration um, in terms of you know where does this fit into you know fitness or clinical practice this really is a tome of recovery based strategies and recovery based whys and how to's for really any body at any level of fitness health or disease state
0: Yeah. And it's just about using simple breathing techniques, uh, awareness techniques. I love the fact that almost every exercise, if not every exercise, includes a mindset, which is almost like the mantra you want to keep in mind when you're doing that particular exercise. That really stuck out to me. How did you evolve that? Or has that just always been a part of your practice? Uh,
1: In the yoga space, there is a part of practice that's called sankalpa and sankalpa is an inner intent uh not so much a mantra but it's a direction of focus and and then if i extract it into the western model it really is a mindset it's a top-down concept that allows you to host your body-based experience so i learned this from the bihar school of yoga uh, methodology the bihar school of yoga is uh their meditation practices really work for me. They're very physiological. And um, in their publications, they talk about this sankalpa as being essential to practice. So I started working with sankalpa probably about 20 something years ago. And it was revolutionary for me because prior to that, I would meditate and then I would just feel existential terror, like for the rest of the day, you know, because it's like (laughs) you meditate. The dark side of meditation. Really, you you know, you do this meditation or in the case of VR stuff, it's like a almost, it's almost a two and a half hour practice. It's unbelievably intricate uh, type of practices. And the way I was, I guess, inducted or induced into the work, my my teacher Glenn Black wasn't using sankalpa with us. But then once it's God, that's such a long story. But basically, I ended up talking okay, swami it. from our school, and and asked him because I had come across this, the book and the source material the meditation. And I came across this article on sankalpa, and I thought, wait a minute, I probably should be doing sankalpa prior to the meditation and after the meditation so that I don't enter into this space of absolute disconnect, disembodiment and disassociation that meditation, the effect that a lot of meditation was having on me. And what the song called, but it is, it anchored me back into the world. It anchored me back into the other, the others that I needed to interact with and be able to coexist with. So the point of, of, this these mindsets is to serve as a an anchor in and an anchor out and it gives each practice a some leadership some internal leadership to welcome all the feels that inevitably are going to be emanating from the body and allows you to have a dialogue from top down and bottom up so that we're really fostering this relationship to ourselves Um, Within within the practice and in the big picture. So these mindsets can look like uh, some examples of mindsets. They're they're very short, easy to repeat phrases. One of my favorites are I embody my body. I'm a safe place. I am listening. All of me is welcome here. My breath is home. So little phrases like that, but there's yeah,
0: I don't think most of them are three, three words.
1: Sure. They're short.
0: Which makes it really easy. Yeah.
1: In the book, I describe a programming concept that I think is very easy for anybody to adopt. Or if you're a coach or an educator or a clinician, if you follow the five Ps as a menu of of items... You can really easily host yourself or host others into a parasympathetic dominant state. But the first P is perspective. And the perspective has to do with crafting mindset work.
0: And the other four P's are for- okay, Should we
1: do all the five P's? Yeah, okay. I think we should do the I love five the P's.
0: Five. Let's add, we'll add the sixth because it's a preview of the book by the five P's.
1: So many more P's. Yeah, the second P is place. Place- if we're looking at an ideal place, place is quiet, it's warm, it's sanctuary-like. But the reality is our stressors are typically happening in the grocery store, in traffic. Uh, we've just been witness to something horrible. And so place is not necessarily this idealized um, zone. But in terms of, of depth of nervous system regulation, parasympathetic dominance, it's great to actually train in a sanctuary like place so that you can bring that feeling or emulate that wherever you find yourself in.
0: Because you need to practice in the moment. Sometimes. I mean, I do that a lot just like, Oh, wait a minute. Let me focus on my breath. Let me find, let me find that expansion and just kind of calm and center everything down. Never tried it in a grocery store. And well,
1: you but... might, you might, you know, cast an imaginary place when you're in the midst of that drama like you know on the subway or um uh dealing with hoping you're gonna get off the wait list at an airport to get on there.
0: i was just thinking about like, airports. Air, for me that's
1: where i have my panic attacks so like very frequent that's my place um so i have to really work on uh, reassociating there so anyway place ideally the ideal place is warm dark safe quiet the next P is position. So position, ideally, you're close to the ground, you're going with gravity, you're turning off postural muscles, you're turning off muscles that um, are high demand, high metabolic muscles. So you're close to the ground in a reclined position. Um, if the ground is too far, you can always recline on a bed, on a couch, a chair, what have you. And in terms of position, the ideal position to stoke a parasympathetic response, to stoke a relaxation response, is a gentle slope. And that gentle slope takes advantage of what's known as the baroreceptor reflex.
0: Yeah. I was hoping you'd talk more about that.
1: Yeah. In the the gentle slope, what you'll want to do is elevate your pelvis slightly higher than your heart, slightly higher than your head. So what that looks like is, oh, I'm laying on the ground and I just prop my tush up on top of a gorgeous ball. That's the tool I like to use, or a yoga block, or maybe even the Body by Breath book, since it is uh, three inches thick, uh, that's a really good one. And what happens there is it sets up a gravitational shift in blood flow. I mean your your body is your body's managing gravity all the time, and our heart really helps to keep recirculating blood throughout our body and when you go upside down ish or you go upside down there are stretch sensors in the sides of your neck within the carotid arteries and those stretch sensors are are governed by the vagus nerve when your those stretch sensors sense that too much blood is coming towards the brain that can't happen in your body you're you have a very very set blood brain barrier. Your brain cannot afford to have more blood than it needs. And so this very fast reflex reflex loop happens through the stretch sensors in the side of the neck, um, goes to the brainstem, vagus nerve then tells the heart rate to slow down and it starts to constrict blood vessels all over your body and also slow down the heart rate. And in so doing, this initiates a free relaxation response given by gravity and given by the position. So our Uh, our position, we can enhance our relaxation response just with a little bit of a gentle slope. The fourth P is probably the one that everybody's been waiting to hear because the book is called Body by Breath. The fourth P is pace of breath. And pace of breath is that you want to double down or you want to extend your exhalations so that they're longer than your inhale. In general, extended exhalations Act as an amplifier for the relaxation response because of the way the vagus nerve um, acts on the
0: heart. Does that have anything to do with CO2 offload, or no?
1: Yeah, it's part. I mean, the chem- biochemistry of the blood is also a part of this, but yes, that will help you um, offload excess CO2 if that's also in the way, if that's overstimulating different.
0: Yeah, but this this is but physiologically, it's more keyed into the vagus nerve than that
1: because actually okay. having abundant CO2 in your system can actually also act as an amplifier for the relaxation response. So that's an interesting thing.
0: Too much CO2 though. You get really relaxed.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yes. That's the way it, the breath work is, can make you feel very stony and it can make you feel extremely calm and chill. All right. So then the next P the fifth P is something you and I love deeply. And probably most of the listeners is palP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fifth P is palpation is finding, and then we can also say put pressure in with that. So palpation and pressure would be sort of in tandem Ps there. But using tools, and of course, I'm I have a set of soft grippy pliable rubber tools called role model balls. We use these self-massage tools in different places, particularly for this book along the axis of the body, the thorax, um, pelvis, low abdomen, face, neck, to stimulate some of these different zones that are overlaps with vagal innervation, as well as respiration. So different palpation strategies can also elicit the relaxation response in a really big way. So the five PAs acts as a kind of a, a programming target. If you can try to get two, three, four, even five of these P's satisfied, uh, you're going to be on your way to Chillville.
0: So as I mentioned earlier, it's there's a lot in here. So for the the general listener out there, where should they start with diving into experiencing the book?
1: It depends on what kind of a reader you are. Any chapter will take you on a tour of a body by breath. So the book is written in two parts. The first part is the science. The second part are the recipes. So if you look at uh, a beautiful cookbook, um, typically the beginning of the cookbook are details about the, the chef and where they like to find their cheeses and, you know, this the, the smell of the dirt at sunset and so on and so on. And it takes you on this Experiential tour. And then the second part of the book are the recipes. What my hope is if you're a recipe reader and you like, I just, I just want to find the chocolate cake. Like you go straight to the back and you look for the layer cake of relaxation that calls to you and you start doing those practices. And by the way, all the practices are about three to five minutes. At a certain point, you may be wondering, what is happening to me? Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? What is this experience I'm having um, within my? my heart, within my guts, within my uh, my sensing systems, you go to the first part of the book and the first part of the book will explain why you're having certain experiences and really what the process is attempting to do for your physiology, for your nervous system and for your structure. So it just depends on what kind of reader you are. You know, I love Easter eggs and I love, <laughs> I love, you know, I love squirrels just as much as my dog. And so
0: yeah, there's, there's a lot of squirrels and Easter eggs in those chapters. There's nice little detours. Exactly.
1: So you could actually just do a read through the boxes and the sidebars within a chapter and also use QR codes. So I have embedded QR codes throughout all the chapters that if you would prefer to have some video learning or some audio learning, it will take you to different links either through um, YouTube or to my website or to other experts takes on this stuff and be able to get the learning in, in a multifactorial, a multi uh, modal way, or you can just read start to finish. There are, I think there are very few readers these days in my, from what I understand that, that read like that. Um, I think if you really want to pick up on some of the journey of the book the forward does it all my colleague lewis jackson who's one of the the teachers within the tuna fitness um, umbrella that that is my company he came to this work in his early 40s as an asthmatic
0: and, yeah his story is very moving and
1: he had no idea where his diaphragm was and I just, it just get, get, I just get the chills every time I think about it. Cause this is also my mother's story. My mother is an asthmatic. It's one of the reasons why I wrote the book or excuse me. It's one of the reasons why I have a deep interest in respiratory health is because I had two grandmothers pass away from COPD and my mother lives with chronic asthma. And so this is extremely personal to um, myself and to you know my children and, and my family you know, connecting with Lewis's journey into his own respiratory embodiment and what it meant for him to shift his relationship to asthma. I think it's very uh, illustrative of what a body goes through in terms of going from the non-knowing into the embodiment of, of, of this work. And excuse me, not even just the embodiment, he's an example of, of a thriver because he makes his living teaching the work to others. I mean, he's just an incredible example, a role model, really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and a breath model. And I think that's one of the other really cool things about this book too, is you called it a, a recipes or a cookbook, but to me, it also is an exercise book of like the like the title says, body by breath, like body by Fisher or body by this gym over here. It's about reshaping and repairing your own relationship with your body by utilizing the compressive power of the breath, some simple tools, and a little bit of a mindset. And it's appropriate. I can't think of a person this wouldn't be appropriate for.
1: It And it really is a very gentle on-ramp you know when I when I consider so many different structures that I, I that I'm tending intending this book for. I mean, I think about the population right now living with long COVID, which is a huge proportion of people planet wide, uh, as well as those living with anxiety, uh, newfound anxiety related issues, um, brought on much brought on by the pandemic. Both of these comorbidities are ranking among the highest two diseases that uh, are being watched worldwide. And um, the, excuse me, I get very, I get really upset thinking about close friends, close friends' parents that are dealing with uh, long COVID, um, subjected to long COVID um, problems and challenges that, You know they're they're being given medications. They need the medications. They're being being given um, inhalers, um, but they're not having their structure worked on. So the mechanical medicine aspect that can be helpful to so many people struggling with both anxiety related issues and long COVID related issues, uh, I think is gravely overlooked. And folks like your yourself and myself, you know, people that work on other people or people that, um, like, I offer tools so people can do the work themselves at almost zero cost whenever they need it in the privacy of their own home um, to expectorate or to mobilize their ribs so that they don't end up having chronic neck pain because of the coughing um, or because of positions that they might find themselves in multiple times a day, just trying to get the, the sputum out. So there, there are so many tools that can help people on such a spectrum of health, as well as my high performers, my Olympians, the football players, the hockey players, the soccer players who need to also come down from you know, high performance and, and improve their own recovery time, uh, improve their experience within recovery, shall I say. Um, and then we have this other category of of body that is really besieged by we're um, really challenging lung-related um, issues, many of which can be supported and helped in very, very gentle, um, no side effect—in fact, only positive side effect ways.
0: Well, Jill, it is a landmark, and I see it is lighting up in number ones in multiple, multiple categories on Amazon. So I. And it is, that's nice of yeah, you Yeah, oh, congratulations, congratulations. You should be so happy and so proud. And I can't wait till people get their hands on this book and um, really start deep diving and exploring. I, I want to kickstart my own singing, uh, which I have not really done much of in the last couple of years because COVID and no places to perform. So I'm going to be diving into uh, chapter seven and, uh, and then kind of going from there. That's going to be my path. Now, Jill, I know you are actually going out on a book tour, which will also have a experience, a workshop component to it. Obviously, Uh, this probably isn't going to air till later into March after the 10th or so of March. But uh, what do you have coming up for the listeners that they might want to know about?
1: If the listeners reside in some of the following areas, you should definitely go to the bodybybreath.com website and get yourself a seat. I'll be teaching a masterclass in Los Angeles, as well as a book signing there in mid-March and th- following that up with New York City. Uh, Boston is already sold out. <sighs> maybe we'll another date there. Uh, there's some talk of maybe a, a date in New Orleans, but I for sure I'm doing something in San Diego in uh, mid-April. And that's a very high-end kind of spa luxury retreat where I'll be presenting on Body by Breath. But for... The worldwide listeners, I'm doing a three-day body by breath immersion course, which is the three-day, three-day, ex-
0: a three-day band- weekend. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, three-day weekend. No, it's during the week actually, but I don't know the dates on that yet. We'll be posting about that really soon. So that'll be an
0: all-online per- thing.
1: Yes. How many hours? All- how many
0: hours each day? That's of interest to me too.
1: It's six hours per day, and it's a mix of pre-recorded and live online where we do uh, practicum work and do shares and evaluation. And it's, it's awesome. It's the course to take if you really want to understand this inside out and have the experiential shift that can happen. So many, so many students and trainees and therapists and clinicians that have gone through that use the work within their own, within their own practices. Um, And it really is, I hate to sound cliche, but it's, it's life-changing.
0: I don't think it's cliche at all. When, you know, when you work with people all the time, like I do, and you see how I'll just say inefficient, many of their, many of them are with their breathing. Uh, I can think of one person who thought breathing deeply, but meant hyperventilating. (laughs) And I know this is going to give me some tools, not just for myself, but in my ability to help others and that's the same probably for every single person listening right now there'll be links in the show notes where you can find the book where you can find jill jill thanks for coming by today
1: thanks david it's always a treasure to talk to you
0: Hi, thanks for listening to Body Talk. I'm your host, David Lissondeck. And if you want to support the show, please leave it five stars. Wherever you listen to podcasts, it really makes a big difference in the podcast being pushed to other people who might want to find it. But that's another thing too. You can share it with your friends, share it with your clients, share it with your patients, share it with your colleagues, but share, share and share alike. You can reach me at bodytalkdavid at gmail.com if you have any questions for our guests or what you hear about on the show. And I'm also real easy to find on social media. If you're a big, big fan of the show, you can always go to patreon.com backslash bodytalkradio and become a supporting member for as little as $3 a month. Really helps out around here. And the music, as always, that you hear is by David and the Disasters. Until next time, see you on Body Talk where we explore your inner universe.